Thank you, Jonathan. Hi, everybody. Uh, it's great to see you all tonight. It's good to be with you on this crazy week. And boy, aren't you glad that Jesus is seated upon the throne, high and lifted up tonight. Amen. I'm happy. Uh, it's good to continue tonight in this series uh, that we've been doing on the Sermon on the Mount uh, from the Gospel of Matthew. And we've been looking at the Beatitudes. Uh, tonight we come to the end of uh, this series. Uh, and I, I realize that I'm kind of, I feel kind of sad about that. This has been such a great, uh, rich, and uh, challenging series. Uh, Jesus sets before us in these uh, eight Beatitudes, the marks of the Christian, uh, the, the, the marks of the person who finds God's favor. Um, and at every step, uh, what he's had to say has just been so deeply challenging to our ways of seeing. And uh, certainly that's going to be true again tonight um, as we look at the, at the last. But I'm going to read uh, all of the Beatitudes uh, one more time tonight. And so, uh, Sam, if you can get uh, those slides up. And, but I'm also going to read a little bit further down through verse 12 tonight. These are the words of uh, Jesus. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So this final uh, beatitude, blessed, blessed are, uh, are the, uh, those who are persecuted. Uh, this one is different, right? It's different for uh, uh, at least two reasons. Um, first, all the other beatitudes, we could use different words. We could say they were qualities or postures or attitudes, either attitudes of the heart uh, to, toward God, uh, you know, to be poor in spirit, to mourn. Um, uh, or uh, they, they might be attitudes or perspectives towards others to be merciful, to be uh, last week, to, to be peacemakers, something that we might pursue. But, but this one is not so much about uh, an attitude uh, as it is it's something that might happen to us. Uh, blessed are those who are persecuted. So I can exhort you, you can exhort me to be meek, to be merciful, to be pure in heart, or to be a peacemaker, but I, I, I can't exhort you to be persecuted. Um, that's something that has to happen to you at the hands of, uh, of others. Um, but Jesus is saying, blessed are you when this happens to you, and that's pretty striking, right? Because, um, well, we might say, well, blessed are you when you get your dream job. Um, or uh, blessed are you when you find the person, you know, of your dreams, the one you've been looking and hoping for. But Jesus says, <laughs> blessed are those who are persecuted. 
And uh, this is, uh, I mean, all along in the Beatitudes, right, we've been seeing the upside down nature um, of the kingdom of God. And it's particularly striking here. Blessed are those who are persecuted. But this, this one is different also because it's the only Beatitude, and this is why we read a few extra verses. It's the only one that's accompanied by an additional word of explanation uh, there in verses 11 and 12. Jesus gives us uh, a fuller picture of what he's talking about. So, well, let's dive in and I'll make some comments and some observations uh, on this text, and, and we'll try to see how God is speaking to us uh, tonight uh, through his word. Um, well, first, I mean, perhaps uh, we should say up front, um, and, and this is why I put a little asterisk, I don't know if you saw that next to the title of the message, but uh, blessed are those who are persecuted. Well, Jesus is not talking about any and every kind of persecution that a person might experience or that you might experience. Um, you know, if you're perhaps rightfully disciplined by your parents, you can't say, oh, I'm being persecuted uh, uh, and uh, my reward in heaven is great. Uh, he's, he's not talking about persecution that one might endure uh, on account of uh, our own wrongdoing. And uh, the Apostle Peter, uh, Sam, I think I have a slide on this text, that uh, clearly has Jesus' words in mind in his first letter. I'm not going to read all of this, but you can, you can catch the context. And, he, and you know, he's, he's saying there, if, if you're insulted for the name of Christ, well, you're blessed. He's clearly referencing Jesus here. But, but he wants uh, us to understand that we have no reason to rejoice if we suffer for our own bad behavior. So, but let none of you suffer as a murderer, uh, okay, check, uh, a thief or an evildoer or a meddler, you know? So there's uh, quite an ex exhaustive list there. And some of us need to, to hear this. Some Christians need to hear this, right? Jesus is not commending anyone for being uh, offensive, uh, for being argumentative and divisive, uh, for being uncivil. Uh, for being judgmental. And, you know, some Christians are just obnoxious. Uh, and then they, you know, they want to congratulate themselves and demonize other people for pushing back. And, and so, okay, that's not what Jesus is saying. Well, what is he saying? Jesus is announcing, you, you can turn that off, Sam. He's announcing blessing on those who are persecuted he says, for righteousness' sake. So let's think a minute uh, about what does that mean, for righteousness' sake, because I think we may run by this too quickly. In Scripture, righteousness uh, describes God uh, himself. It's one of his attributes. Uh, God's character, his nature, is that he will always do what is right and what is just. So righteousness yeah, then is conformity with the character of God. Now, also in Scripture, uh, righteousness is connected to, to relationship, and uh, so it's it's not an abstract concept, um, separate from relationship with God. We see this in the Old Testament with regard to the covenant relationship uh, that that. Uh, between God and, and, and his people. For the people, on their part, righteousness uh, 
is responding uh, to it's fulfilling the, the claims and the requirements of the covenant with God. But on God's part, righteousness is God being faithful uh, to his covenant promises to his people and, and judging uh, with justice and, and with compassion. And so Jesus here, I think, is making th this same connection because when he speaks of being uh, persecuted for righteousness sake, he immediately clarifies what this means uh, in, in verse 11, that, that this is the, is the same as being persecuted for his namesake. And this helps us understand more fully what, uh, what Jesus is talking about, I think. To be persecuted for righteousness sake means to be persecuted because I identify myself with Jesus because I live for Jesus, because I am loyal to Jesus, uh, because I live my life not according to human standards, but according to Jesus' standards, his standards for truth and his standards for justice and his standards for righteousness. It's because I live my life in imitation of him. So this is really important. I cannot be righteous if I am ashamed of Jesus. And I cannot claim to be a loyal, faithful follower of Jesus if I'm not committed to living by his standards of truth and righteousness. And so we as Christians ought to be people who are zealous to be imitators of Christ and who are zealous uh, for righteousness, for what is good, for what is true, for what is just. Jesus urges us that we ought to be people who seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And, and so we of all people uh, have no cause to be passive in the face of unrighteousness uh, or complicit by not, by not reacting to it. I mean, do we keep silent when we ought to speak on behalf of the king and his standards? Do we keep our hands in, in our pockets and, and shuffle our feet when we ought to take action to do good and to push back against evil? We need to be people who are, uh, because Jesus is our king, because we are loyal to him, that we are zealous for righteousness. And, and Jesus indicates that it is just this kind of loyalty to him and to his righteousness that will result in persecution over and over again. Scripture tells us, guys, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised by this. You, you need to expect it. Let's look at some texts uh, that illustrate this. Uh, uh, Sam, you can put these up there. I mean, in the first place, Jesus says, uh, you know, right there in, in verse 12, uh, rejoice. Uh, for so they persecuted the prophets before you. Um, uh, you're not the first and you won't be the last. Uh, but look, look then at this in John 15, such an important passage. Jesus says, if the world hates you, don't be surprised. You know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, in other words, if you were living in loyalty to the world, and if you were living according to the world standard, the, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. 
And so John, uh, later in his epistle, 1 John 3, 13, uh, he picks up on Jesus' teaching and he says, don't be surprised, brothers and sisters, that the world hates you. Don't be surprised. And Peter, in uh, the, the letter we, we already looked at, beloved, he says, don't be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. No, this is what we ought to expect. Or the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy 3, indeed, he says, everyone who desires to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, to live a loyal, faithful life of following Jesus, uh, will be persecuted, while evil people and imposters go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. I mean, what the scripture is telling us is if, if the world is in rebellion against God, which it is, then it is inevitable that when you or I uh, align ourselves, when we lay down our, our weapons of warfare against God and, and join uh, his side, when we align ourselves with God and with his righteousness, we're going to experience some measure of that opposition. And, you know, we, we know this is not just a thing of the past. And we know that this can take uh, so many different forms uh, from, from the, the severe, uh, from the brutal, uh, to, to the mild and, and to the subtle. Over the course of human history and right up to the present day, Christians have experienced every kind of persecution. And there's tremendous persecution happening all over the world of Christians right in our own time. If, if this is a topic you're not familiar with or that interests you, uh, go to a website called Open Doors. Uh, open Doors and, and learn more about how Christians in the church are being persecuted all over the world in our time. Persecution, it may be physical. Things like imprisonment torture, even execution. It may be verbal, uh, right here in, our, in, in this text, um, being reviled, having people say false things about you, uh, being called names. Um, uh, can you guys hear me? Yeah. It, uh, or shunned. Um, maybe denied certain kinds of opportunities. Maybe you don't get that job. And maybe you never know, but maybe the reason you don't get that job is, is because of your testimony for Christ. Maybe you don't get into that club. Maybe you don't advance the same way others are advancing. That kind of thing. And we've, we've seen that kind of thing. And some of you have experienced that. Some of you experience persecution from those closest to you in your own families, if you've chosen to be a loyal follower of Christ uh, apart from your family. And Jesus is telling us here that persecution for his sake, that, that this is a mark of authenticity. Uh, welcome to my team, for so they persecuted the prophets. Now you're one of us. And, and if you're going to be loyal to me, Jesus is saying, not everyone is going to love you for that. You know, if, if we make it, it too much of a priority, and sometimes I think we do this, if we make it too much of a priority to have everyone think well of us all the time, 
that might mean we're being a little bit uh, complicit with the world. We might not be making loyalty to Jesus and his righteousness enough of a priority. Well, maybe some of you right now um, are thinking, well, wow, uh, that, this is not what I signed up for. Um, I don't think it's worth it. Yeah, I mean, you just said I might not get the job that I wanted because of my faith. Um, I mean, I would like to be a follower of Jesus, but I don't want it to cost me anything. Well, before you make that decision, uh, we need to come back to the Beatitudes and, and we need to hear everything that Jesus is saying to us, right? What's he saying? Blessed, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. Why? For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for great is your reward in heaven. Wow. I mean, yes, it's true that you and I may suffer some loss because we choose to align ourselves with Jesus and with his righteousness. But Jesus is saying, and, and this is from God tonight to you, that whatever that loss is, that loss is small in comparison with what is to be gained. Get your heart. Let's, let's get our hearts on heaven. Christi Christians are not masochists. We don't, we don't rejoice in persecution because we, we like the pain. Far from it. We rejoice because our hope is fixed on things that are beyond this present, this temporal, this fleeting and broken world. Our hope is fixed on God's great and precious promises. Look at this next slide from 2 Corinthians. Paul says there that the momentary light affliction that we might experience, the, the momentary light persecution that a believer in Christ might experience is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look, not, not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Brothers and sisters, when we, when we get our hope set on Christ, we can find joy even in persecution. And, and we can move from a response of either anger or frustration or demanding our rights or a spirit of retaliation to a genuine love for those who treat us as enemies. They can't hurt us because we have an eternal hope in Jesus Christ. And, and when we remind ourselves, when I remind myself of everything that Jesus has suffered for my sake, then my heart resonates uh, with what the scriptures say about the apostles. I, I love the account in the book of Acts where it talks about the apostles after they were, they were arrested and they were beaten because they were telling other people about Jesus. And after they finally released them, it says that they came away rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name, for the name of Jesus. They, they understood that they were blessed 
to suffer for righteousness sake, to suffer for Jesus' namesake. You know, guys, Jesus' words here are always going to be important words, important words of hope for Christians all over the world, important words of comfort for those who are loyal to Jesus Christ and who are suffering loss because of it, suffering persecution because of it. These are always going to be words of promise, words that give courage when the forces of evil seem to be winning against the advances of the gospel. All over the world, there is now resistance to God, resistance to the gospel, and people everywhere are suppressing the truth in unrighteousness and unbelief. But don't be sad. Be of good comfort. Be of good courage, because the gospel is powerful. And if you are experiencing persecution and pushback for the sake of Christ, that's not a sign of defeat. It's not a sign of failure. Far from it. Blessed are you. Blessed, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. These are signs. These are signs, friends, that you belong to Jesus, that you're his own. These are signs that you are citizens of his kingdom. These are, are, are signs and reminders that there's nothing that can separate us from the love that God has for us in Jesus Christ. Amen.